0: that you know if you're a first-generation entrepreneur you don't know how money works Mm-mm. and I feel like corporate professionals know money a lot different than the first time absolutely entrepreneur. and then we have to get through that learning curve to get to a place where we Agreed. get. how often do you get a chance to help people through that learning curve of now that you're you have able to create two solutions to the problem right how often are you able to help people get through that big learning curve
1: i mean i help people every single day so i say that to say that the approach i've taken because i've been doing it so while so so long I should say, I really try to get detailed into the weeds and show people step-by-step that it's as simple as making a decision now and then being consistent with that decision, but it really starts with the mindset. So how do I possess the mindset to say, hey, look, if I wanna manage my cash, what things do I have to change internally today and how can I continue to build upon that foundation?
0: So I know that you'll agree, enjoying myself while I work is the vibe that I'm trying to be on. So I want to invite you guys to Sidebar ATL. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, Sidebar, on top of the good food and live music, they have three different experiences. That means you can join me in the garden room, in the gold room if you want to try the top of the line hookah, and they also have the dungeon where I hear what happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon. So it's the perfect mix if you're here on business or you want to blow off some steam after work, you can meet me at Sidebar ATL so that you can have a little bit of dinner and then turn up afterwards if that's your jam. So check us out, 79 Poplar Street here in downtown Atlanta or you can call 678-800-0741. Let's get it. Work and play at the same time right <laughs> welcome to another episode of the work and play podcast i'm your host Ariel young and today we have an a financial expert
1: i would I say here that. to have
0: a conversation with us today now in my own journey you have been someone who's helped me be a better coach to others wow and i say that because um you know actually before we get into it we we have to say who is who's in the room who if you're listening you probably um don't know yet but we have mr kenny conwell who is here to talk a little bit about one his own personal and professional journey but also give a little bit of insight into what you can actually do as a corporate professional and you're transitioning into entrepreneurship from a financial perspective right i talk about the mental a lot i talk about like how do you prepare yourself for like that intentional discomfort that you might be you're leaving a six figure mm, job, right? right? And discomfort. you're going into like, oh, you're getting your first six figures as an entrepreneur, but there's a process right to leave that six figures and go into your next six figures. Great. So you're gonna be able to give good context on that. But before we get into um how I know you and even your journey, would you please introduce yourself?
1: Absolutely. So guys, those of you who don't know me, my name is Kenny Combo, aka Mr Money Savvy, and My entire life I have been an entrepreneur. If you go to my profile right now, the first thing you'll see, because you know people have public figures and all this, I have an entrepreneur. And I've always been this way. Um, I chose to go into the financial services niche or industry when I was in college. So right there at ANT, Aggie Pride, all my Aggies, right? I and, love um, it. You know, Aggie Pride. Yeah. But um, I've been in the financial services space. I started in college. I started my first company in college, and that's when I was introduced to the whole financial services uh, industry. And from then, that was like 2007. Um, we're in 2022. Man, I've been doing this for 15 years. Gosh, so <laughs> the, along the journey, I've learned about business and entrepreneurship, and um, been able to go out and form um, two successful companies. Um, one of them's name is My Money edu It's a financial okay. education platform, mm-hmm. and uh, we teach people how to build, fix, and maintain their credit, how to leverage business credit, and then also how to, if they want to start a. Uh, education business, how they can do that. Um, not necessarily make six figures, but how they can make seven figures doing this. So that's My Money EDU. Um, at the same time, along my journey of financial, financial, and the reason why I started uh, My Money EDU was because as a financial advisor, a person of a color, a lot of the information that I was advising people on, they, that they did not look like me, and they needed help with cash, they needed help with credit, they needed help with understanding how money works, so that's why I created that company. Mm-hmm. Um, then, um, probably about five years ago now, I started another company called Capitalize, which is more so a financial planning focused firm where we actually work with clients one-on-one, specifically entrepreneurs, Mm. and we're showing them how they can be the first or next first-generation millionaire in their family. Because again, if you're a first-generation entrepreneur, you have no clue about how money works. And then when you become a first-generation millionaire, nobody gave you the roadmap. And then through our through through the experience, um, I've created a, a really solid process with me and my, my my team to be able to support those entrepreneurs, those people of color, so to speak, on how to make sure taxes and investing and cash flow, the whole nine yards, is in order. Yeah. But it starts with education.
0: Wow, I'm thinking um, two different thoughts. One, you mentioned that you know if you're a first generation entrepreneur, you don't know how money works, Mm-mm. and For someone who is a first-time entrepreneur, for you, you started very early. Mm -hmm. I'm 31 years old, right? About two years into entrepreneurship, and then I have a whole corporate career,
1: right? right? And
0: so I feel like corporate professionals know money, a lot different than the first-time entrepreneur. And then we have to get through that learning curve to get to a place where we get, how often do you get a chance to help people through that learning curve of now that you're you've able to create two solutions to the problem right how often are you able to help people get through that big learning curve
1: I mean I help people every single day so Mm -hmm. you know what I didn't share is like even with my money edu we've I think at this point it's about 35,000 people wow who has joined our programs or started the journey and um, again my number is gonna be a little off so please forgive me but I know it's about um, four million plus points improved, um, 400,000 negative items plus removed, um, probably close to about 1,700 new homes, 3,800 new cars. I don't know how many lines of credit at this point. Um, millions of dollars in debt paid off, millions of dollars in, um, I think about, Again, again, I I don't know all the numbers off the top of my head, but Mm -hmm. millions of dollars in debt paid off, and then I know about 15, 16 million of dollars saved and invested. That's just with my money EDU, right? But then we have capital-wise. So I say that to say that the approach I've taken, because I've been doing it so well, so so long I should say I really try to get detailed into the weeds to show people step by step yeah. that it is as simple as making a decision now and then being consistent with that decision but it really starts with the mindset. So how do I possess the mindset to say hey look if I want to manage my cash what things do I have to change internally today and how can I continue to build upon that foundation? if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely makes sense. One of the things specifically that I talk about when I'm coaching is revenue generating activity. Yes. You just gave a rundown of the KPIs that you manage in your business, right? And I think that a lot of new entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. can do that if they focus on what are those revenue generating activities that they're tracking every single week.
1: Agreed. When
0: did you start that behavior?
1: What's so interesting about this is I have never been one that was not willing to bet on themselves and invest in themselves. So in 2007, I joined this company called um, Primerica, it was more of a network marketing company, then realized that, hey look, this is a great option, but I don't get paid to recruit people, I get paid to sell insurance and investments. But then you can make override off the people who sell insurance and investments over you. Problem was, I only knew college students. So I had to figure out marketing. So to go back to that question, I invested in this one guy's um, marketing training. Mm -hmm. And I think his name was Dean Dean, Dean Cipriano, I think that was his name. It was like 200 bucks, which is a lot of money in college. Mm -hmm. But I bought it. And I'm going through this training and he talks about this thing called BPAs. And he called it big payoff actions. Okay. And he said, hey look, You need to sell, market, or go play golf. Because if you're doing paperwork, if you're doing admin things, if you're not doing, he just liked to play golf, but he said, essentially, if you're not doing selling and marketing, then everything else is irrelevant. And that's when it really, really clicked with me that I need to learn how to sell and I need to know how to market and everything else is irrelevant. Not saying you don't need to do those things, but if you do those things efficiently, then you can put a process in place to hire somebody to take care of the, the admin stuff. Because the problem is when you have a salary, it doesn't matter if it's a BPA or a small action. If it's a copy machine that you're doing or doing paperwork or if you're closing a deal, you're gonna get that check. Mm-hmm. But when you don't got a check coming in, you gotta focus on getting the check, mm-hmm. right? And that it was like 2008, right, when I, uh, got that 2007 2008 and i was like man i gotta focus on bpas and that's when that journey kind of started and it kind of just evolved from there but that's when it really really first hit was then
0: are you still trying to get a leg up on your entrepreneurial career now? I told you about the morning meetup the community that was created for the betterment of entrepreneurship and we are cooking up some really cool things now here's the thing if you join today you can actually get in for 60% of the original price so if you join today all you have to do is download the app and I provided the link below so that you can join us we have community we have a book club and it's the largest group that meets every single day Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. to literally get ahead head start on entrepreneurship. So if you're still trying to grow, you don't know what your business is going to be, but you know, you want to be an entrepreneur. This is the community for you. So check out the morning meetup, click the link below, download the app and join us today. Now he said marketing sales or golf. Why did you decide not golf? He's like, I gotta do marketing and sales.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just did marketing and sales, but it was like, but, but it, I, I just never really got into golf, even though I have golf clubs. It just wasn't ever one of those things that I did, but you know, I would just do marketing and sales and just more marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I just became really passionate about really, I didn't say, and I, I'm still unsure or unclear how I'm gonna do this is eliminating the wealth gap in the African-American community before yes. I pass away. Mm-hmm. Goal is 10%, but maybe it'll do more. So I just became so possessed with understanding money and wanted to help people that I would just do sales, marketing, and then just learn finance. Like, that's all I would do. And then I would work out as well. Yeah. But the point is, sales, marketing, go play golf, don't do, an, so if you, so re, what are you really saying is a, it's a double unconscious. Hey, look, if you make it enough money, you can work less and make more money by going to play golf if you focus on the right activities.
0: Yes. Right? Well, see, here's the thing. I asked you that question because um, early on in my career, I decided to go finance. Mm. And I, I didn't want to, I wanted to go wealth management because of the idea, like you said, of mm. bridging the wealth gap. I wasn't as informed. But as I learned about the career, it was a lot of the golfing that my, I went to UGA, so we oh, okay. we pushed a lot of like the networking and the golfing. Mm-hmm. And I was I chose not to go that route because I'm like, one, I don't feel like I have enough in common with these like white millionaires, and True. I don't think I'd be able to get the accounts that I need to be effective. Right. So when I ask you like why not golf for me, I didn't think I didn't see that as a feasible revenue option for me right. to like be able to do that.
1: That's an interesting perspective. I just didn't like off. And, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I, and I, and I, um, I noticed that if, if, if you got the sales and a marketing down pack, you didn't I mean, not, not to, not to say relationships don't matter because they do. Mm-hmm. But if you understand how to con, com, you know, concisely communicate your message, mm-hmm. then, and you, and you're solving somebody's problem or pain it doesn't matter if you've been knowing them for 10 years or 10 minutes yeah. they're gonna do business with you yeah. right
0: I think you're breaking down a, a lot here and there's so much to unpack so in a short conversation I'm, I'm gonna see if we can squeeze a life experience out of you so we can understand so going back to your decisions in college right to, um, to study finance and financial um, uh, services, I'm um, in wealth management, right? What was your idea of success? Because you've been an entrepreneur all your life, but up yeah. to this point, we've taken the traditional path from K right. to, th- to 12 to college. Right. So what was your idea of success at the time?
1: My idea of success was when I leave a and T, I might get a job. I'm going to do my own thing and just do a, become a full-time entrepreneur, right? That was, my goal, right? Mm-hmm. That was my idea at that time of what I would believe to be successful, and it might have been six figures, um, but that was it—not to have to get, to, not have to do it the traditional way.
0: Got it. Okay. And for you to have that perception, did you plan it out, or were you going to like just try a couple things and and see what popped?
1: So what I started to do was um, I got my insurance license, my between 2006, actually it was 2006, now that I think about this, is when I started this journey, it wasn't 2007, I actually got licensed in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, I started this journey um, 2006, and when I got my insurance license that summer, seven twenty four, 2007 I'll never forget that day, that was when everything changed, oh. because I can now literally start to make money, because I was referring, as a new person, you would have to have a sponsor. And then I was really, because I didn't understand the game, making him money. Mm. So I probably made him like eight to $10,000 referring him like my, my network. But by the time I was licensed, I didn't have anybody else, right? So make a long story short, I just started beating the pavement while I was in college. So I would go to class and I would literally, literally dress up every day. So I'm like suited, booted with college clothes, but not college clothes, but I will wear a shirt, a tie and a suit Mm -hmm. and nice shoes and nice socks. And I was in class, that's that's what I did. And then after I left class, I will go to networking events and I will prospect. I like straight up, that's what I was doing. And then I realized that um, you can become what's called a broker. So in 2008, I got linked up with, Um, Which mentorship is so important guys finding the right mentor. I wish I wish I Would have learned about or had a really good mentor then I got linked up with people who saw my potential But they wanted to exploit it for their own selfish reasons So so I was getting connected to individuals who did not have my best interest at heart Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother conversation having said that though. I formed Conwell financial group um in 2008 and then that's when i became a broker and i was just figuring it out and then um I, I, I was going to networking events and then i ended up connected with uh one of the legal shield representatives and it was prepaid legal at the time and then i realized that oh man it's a lot easier to sell Legal Shield than sell life insurance, than try to sell life insurance, and then do legal Shield. Why is that? Because I was able to sell college students, because they were really big on identity theft protection, okay. and then legal services, like car tickets, you know, all kinds of things, and that was a lot more of a relevant thing to the market that I had access to, and then not to mention all the people I had sold insurance to. Mm-hmm. So I can like go back and say, hey look, do you have a will? You don't? Get a prepaid legal membership. And then it was a lot lower and I can get paid faster. So I started to to really, really sell and recruit people doing that. Um, So anyway, I think- Were
0: you a big fish in a small pond or um, were there other people on campus who were doing the same thing?
1: there were two other people on campus that was attempting their their market entrepreneurship um i'll go back and look at what they're doing now and they ironically both work for people now nothing against them um so there were people who had business plans but no one was out here willing and willing and dealing and like actually that i understood outside of let me, let me take that back. There were people who were doing party promotions, okay. and that actually is an entrepreneurial activity. So there were people on campus doing that, and then you had people doing it the way that I was, well, there were no people that I knew doing it the way I was doing it. Um, and that was that was primarily it. You know, I started getting money like I wasn't a lot of money, but, you know, two, three, four grand a month in college. Is,
0: right. Not struggling.
1: Yeah. I was like getting to the bag. Right.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, you got a lot of us who were scraping to get like a food from the calf mm-hmm. and take it back to the house. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't until like my junior year, though. Like it was like my my junior going into my senior year. And what's funny is I actually started this organization. I just just I just realized I did this i started this entrepreneurship organization i think it was called young entrepreneurs entrepreneurs something mm-hmm. in college and i got i i band, i got a, a group of other entrepreneurs together and come to find out there was this other young lady who was doing mary Kay at the time let's go and she was one of the, she was a part of the network obviously i was doing what i was doing i had another um buddy of mine, he was doing DJing, so actually, I got to take that back. He was he was doing his entrepreneur activity, mm-hmm. and um, there was a couple other people who, who joined this this band of entrepreneurs that we had we had created on, on campus. That's dope. Yeah. I was
0: going to ask, so Aggie is at HBCU. Absolutely. And I, co- I, co- I come from a P-D-W-P-W-I, PWI, so I'm always curious about there's a there's so many things that i've learned the confidence that you learn the mm-hmm. way that you learn to be a, a smart black person yeah. the the network that you learn to rely on all of those things i'm really curious about but then you throw in the entrepreneurial mindset as 2022 um, is, you know, we get over Corona, there's so many more entrepreneurs. It's so much more cooler now. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you to band together one, a group of like-minded young Black people, right, and then two, band together a group of entrepreneurs when entrepreneurship wasn't that cool? It was,
1: um, it was, it was, it was empowering, but also difficult because a lot of people, especially because I'm the college, I'm a college, mm-hmm. and and. and in some cases, in some months, I'm making you know three. I think the yeah the best month I had was like five thousand dollars, right? And I didn't realize that. And then I and then I got a really quick understanding of money management too, because it's just as fast as I was making, I was spending it, <laughs> so I didn't realize. So you know, two things is happening here. But but you know, I'm I'm at a place where I'm making some fairly good money, and I'm in some scenarios making more gross money that I'm receiving in my bank account that some of these professors are receiving net. So it wasn't, it wasn't as supported. Now I will say, Mr. Heineman I still remember him to this day, he volunteered every Tuesday and Thursday, and the thing I appreciated about a t is that they created an entrepreneurship certificate program. Mm-hmm. So I found myself going to talk to the professors, but then those professors, although they were professors, they weren't actual full-time entrepreneurs. So I gravitated to Mr. Heineman, and I would always go and share things with him, and I would just get my advice from him, and I would really get my support from him. And what also happened was, is I started to build up a professional network of people outside of ANC who are entrepreneurs, and they really appreciated my energy at the time, mm. so I started banding with other entrepreneurs in the Greensboro community. And that's kind of like how I got my support. And I would always, too, because I was me, try to sell the teachers and the professors and build relationships with them. And they would listen to me. Right. Um, But it was it was it was weird because it was more so like I was being more supported from the adults in some scenarios than I was of my peers. Okay. All my peers thought I was crazy. All my peers were like, dude, why don't you just get an internship? All my peers were like, bruh, like, what are you talking about? Okay. And so when I had that small group of people who did believe, it was like a little safe haven that we created, like a little community. And it was, it was dope, it was really dope. Um, yeah.
0: I think about, um, to give a little context, I was gonna do this earlier and I'm glad it came back, But I met you um, in the Six Figure Accelerator. Mm. And um, on the day when Donnie had COVID, um, you came in to like like, substitute (laughs) the coaching group. Mm -hmm. And um, I was trying to unlock, you know, how to create something that is going to be sustainable for corporate professionals who are leaving. And I do focus a lot on mindset and I do focus a lot on um, being mentally healthy, Um, but I was trying to figure out how do i create something that is going to be consistent throughout the entire journey and i hadn't it hadn't unlocked for me yet Mm -hmm. you helped me understand well you gave me one sentence really you need to look up the wealth triangle (laughs) (laughs) and i was like okay look up wealth triangle and it unlocked a whole new world for me right it gave vocabulary to things that i hadn't had a vocabulary for Mm -hmm. um I used to call it a cash cow skill, right? Mm. I used to. I wrote on my whiteboard, "What is your cash cow skill?" And I just started crossing off things. But when you said, "Look up the wealth triangle," it led me to high value skill set. Right. So one, I would love for us to get into that um, that concept, the, the wealth triangle. Mm-hmm. But I'm also curious. Early on in college even before you probably had the vernacular right what would you say was your high value skill set at that time
1: selling it was selling because when i was selling the prepaid legal membership there was so much training and support around closing the deal Mm. and that's when i realized that man in order like it wasn't like i created an online program the way i made the money was my mouth right so it was and then overcoming objections so that was really what I realized indirectly that hey look if I had to write prospects and I had so many meetings with those prospects I would convert a portion of those prospects to hit my activity goals. Mm-hmm. So then it be, it stopped becoming emotional to me and more so just say hey, look if I meet with this many people and talk to this many people X, Y, Z amount of these people are gonna do business with me and then the other people who don't do business with me, if I continue to follow up with them. um, And that was the thing I got from that one training. You wanna follow up, follow up till they buy, die, or tell you to go to, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So that was like literally what I ingrained that in myself. So now I'm like, I'm doing all this prospecting and now I start to now not only create, and this is when I learned about customer relationship management systems guys or CRMs. I learned that a CRM can actually become an assistant for you before you get an assistant. Mm. So that's when I learned it, man. And, and I just, I, I did not stop. I just kept that there. I
0: was gonna say, unpack that a little bit. Cause I, I think I know what you mean by that assistant. Okay. Can, but unpack that a little bit. How can your CRM become an assistant for that's
1: you? A good, that's a good point. So if you're brand new in business and entrepreneurship, the thing you gotta understand is sales is the name of the game period. I don't, we all are all selling. So, so in order to, and everybody's not going to be ready to buy right now, right? People don't care what you know until they know how much you care, Mm. which means if you have a solution to solve someone's issue, but they say, I'm not ready to do business right now. Can you follow up with me in two weeks? Well, because you're a human, you're going to forget to follow up with them in two weeks. So what you do is, is you set it up in your CRM system and you say, follow up with, remind me to follow up with them in two weeks and let me type the notes, has a baby, having a baby, blah, blah, blah. So now when you call them, hey, just reaching back out to you, how's XYZ doing? People don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. So what did you do? You typed a note about whatever it was that they had going on in their profile, And then you're reminded two weeks to follow up. So now you start to build up a pipeline. And what the CRM does is it helps you keep notes and keep track of your pipeline in your business. So that way you can be efficient and effective with doing business with those individuals Mm -hmm. at scale. Mm -hmm. So instead of you having to have multiple sticky notes and forgetting about the follow up with the person, you may come on two weeks from now. And this is another thing I learned is that two weeks actually happens fast in business. So two weeks is gonna be here in two weeks, but it seems like it's not gonna be two weeks, but it's gonna be like, man, it's already two weeks. So you may not have a lot going on two weeks from now, but because you put in your CRM to follow up with all of these people, you may have eight follow-ups, 10 follow-ups two weeks from now, yeah. and then a portion of those follow-ups, I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm ready to do business. So CRM really is just a mechanism to help organize, track, and maximize your book of business. Yeah. So you can keep building relationships with them and getting business from them.
0: And put it on autopilot mm-hmm. now a person who's listening to you right now might be like oh I need to go buy a CRM before that like like now right now right. even before they actually leave but what I like about after I got a chance to look up the high value skill set is that when we're going through that transition of like letting go of our nine to five mm-hmm. we're focusing all these on all these other investments and assets right. that we think we need mm-hmm. when the real investment is that high value skill set right how did you come to fi- I'm gonna tell you that piece I told I, as soon as I found out. I've been telling my clients every single time, whether it's in my group co- mm-hmm. coaching or not, and it literally is the cornerstone of our conversations. Yes, now. it's okay. What am I building? Okay, and if I don't have an idea of it, what's my high value skill set? Right. When did you stumble upon the high val- the um, wealth triangle?
1: <sighs> um, I stumbled upon the wealth triangle probably in 2015. Mm. I think it was 2015. No, probably be- between. I think it was 2016. 2016 going to 2017 is when i found out about it and ironically my accountability partner at the time who wasn't my accountability partner told me about it and i had already been saying Man, the best thing you can do is sell the market, but I hadn't learned it from that perspective. I was like, man, this makes a lot of sense, because you know, because me, me being in back, you know, finance and all of this stuff, like this makes so much sense. Is what I did. So that's that's when I learned about it, and I just adopted it, right? I was just like, look, this is it. This is the easiest way for me to explain this process, right? As an entrepreneur, that is
0: that makes sense. If you could explain a little bit from your perspective of how you took to it, right? Like, what was what was your life like beforehand? Because you were doing some things intuitively. You right. were already in finance. And then what did it unlock in you? Feel free to explain a little bit about like what the wealth triangle.
1: triangle yes, is. yes, yes. I'm glad you, you, you set that, um, that stage. So um, so with, what the wealth triangle is, guys, is it's your way to literally create wealth for yourself. So the, the simple way I can put it, um, and, and I'll say this, I've never been afraid to invest in myself. So don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Don't be afraid to invest in knowledge. So whatever program she has, whatever program I have, whatever program you're considering, if that individual has the results in their own actual life, then you should invest in it. That being said, the way I'm going to start the the explanation of the um, wealth triangle is, let's just say you've got $10,000, right? At any given time, stock market's up, stock market's down, but let's just say you're making 50 grand a year um, or over $100,000 a year and you do the old run-of-the-mill way of saving 10% of your income, which is perfect, that's fine. You saving that 10% 10 is for the long term, but you wanna leave your job. Well, at best, that $10,000 that year maybe can get you 20%, maybe 30%. So 30% on 10,000, although passive, at at most you're gonna make $3,000, right? At least you might end up at $8,000, right? There's a huge spectrum there. But what if you took that $10,000 and you invested in a program that taught you how to do real estate. You invested in a program that showed you how to make money with Turo. You invested in a program that essentially showed you how to create income. That's the the basis of it. Well, that $10,000, let's just say that program says, hey, look, if you follow our blueprint, and here's a track record of other students just like you, you follow it to the T, you will make six figures in 12 months. The question now becomes what's a better investment for you at this point? Should I invest in my 401k mm-hmm. with this $10,000 or should I invest in my skill set with this $10,000? Now,
0: I want to say your skill set. Yeah.
1: So, because the skill set can make you $100,000, not just this year, but it can make you $100,000 for the next 30 years. Yes. So that $10,000 investment in your skill set actually multiplies more because you now possess the skill set to create money, mm. right? Now, it doesn't mean, for clarity guys, because I am a financial planner, that you don't invest for retirement. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying at the same time, at the pinnacle of the, the, the high-income skill set, wealth triangle, is that you invest in yourself and you create a skill set that's going to help you create $10,000 per month or $120,000 per year mm-hmm. because at that point, you are in the top, I think, 5% of income earners. I don't know what it is with six figures. How many people make six figures in the United States? I don't know if it's 5% or 3%. I think it's 10%. I
0: think it's less than 10%. I less know than 10%? percent sure. mm-hmm.
1: Okay, um, so you're now in the top... 10 to 3% of income earners in the country which is awesome so that is the cornerstone so when you're in the high income skill set phase of entrepreneurship that means you make you money because what ha- what happens is you set it we start in business and we start focusing on all these things But at the end of the day, none of those things have money coming in. And we say, I want to go get a business loan. Oh, I want to get funded. Oh, I want to use my 401k, which is a strategy. Oh, I want to do all of this stuff. But because you don't have a, a plan to create cash, you end up putting yourself out of business. So instead of doing that, you now set the foundation. So even if... You know, business isn't going good. Guess what you can do? And I and I say this figuratively. You can put your ski mask on and you can go close somebody, close a deal, and get them to get a result. Not in a bad way, because when you sell, you are helping somebody when you do it correctly. And now you've got the you got the bag secured, right? That's why I say put the ski mask on. You you ski mask. You go get the bag from the bank. Ski mask. You get the bag. Right? So mm-hmm. that's the first part. But then the, now and that first phase of it is you make you money now the second phase is now that you create a high income skill set with you make you money you now put yourself in position to start to create what's called a scalable business now by definition a restaurant is not a scalable business because a scalable business is going to take low overhead and not require a lot of financial investment on the front end in order to start scaling that immediately, so the best thing to scale is guess what your skill set so now there's multiple ways you can scale your skill set skill set, but a simple way would be what if you are doing transactions, doing consulting transactions, but now you can bring somebody else on to do those transactions on your behalf and now mm-hmm. you can get a portion of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So instead of you having to do five transactions a month for $2,000, you have this other person that can do same five transactions, but maybe you're getting $1,000 per transaction and they're keeping a 1000 yes. So now you just create it Another five thousand dollars. Now the question becomes: I'm making my ten, and now this person's making me five. Mm-hmm. How many more people can? I, I, it only takes me two people yes. in this example to replace my high income skill set. But I don't stop doing my skill set. Now I have twenty k coming in. I've got five k from the two representatives, and then I've got my own ten k that I'm making. Now mm-hmm. I start to enter into the scalable business phase because in scalable business phase, the distinction is your scalable business produces cash flow and you make you money. So many people, when they start off in business, they try to take the cash flow from their business and you live off of it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is the business can't ever thrive or grow because you're living off the business. So now in this phase, I've got to create cash flow and still keep doing my, my high income skill set. Yes. Does that make sense? I'm following okay.
0: to, this, to, to this point. Is it more savvy for a person to keep their job until they their money starts to presume, oh, produce that, I'm glad that, that you natural. asked that question. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. And I'm gonna I mean, let me wrap up this um, high income skill set, okay. and then I'm gonna tie into that right now. Okay. So it's almost like an easy way to do it, and I'm not saying no. Easy should be removed. A simple way to do it is to create an online coaching or consulting business that duplicates the skill set that you created because once you create the course, the roadmap, the process, that can be sold multiple times whether you do it or not. And you don't have to be physically present in order for that person to get the result and now you start to leverage yourself and create cash flow. The bottom of the wealth triangle, all that says is you want to take a portion of your cash flow take a portion of your income and invest in high return assets like real estate, like the stock market. So you're not taking all the income, but what that does is builds up your net worth. So when you look at it and you're building wealth, assets minus liabilities equals net worth. So I've secured my own income, my cash flow from my business is producing cash flow. So I've secured cash. And then now I wanna take a portion of my cash, take a portion of my income, and invest in a high return asset that's going to do what? Build up my net worth, and it needs to be conservatively making you 10 to, 20, 10 to 13% rate of return. Okay. So, to go into this, when you're in high income skill set phase, and I recorded a video on this, when you really, really start to get into it, the high net worth phase is like long term. But if you're in scalable business phase and you figure out, hey, look, if I put a dollar in the advertising, but I can get five dollars out, why would I put my money in the stock market? Now, I'm not saying to be a stock investor, but if I'm saying that I can put a dollar in my scalable cash flow machine Mm -hmm. on the beginning of the month and then that dollar turns into five dollars, then it makes sense to keep investing my money in the, scale, in the scalable business because I can get people, I can get staff, I can get processes to continue to grow that thing mm-hmm. out the water, yeah. right but still take a portion of that money and invest in my high income skill I mean my um, high return assets so going back to your question, when is it appropriate or how does that individual transition from their job i've got some clients um, that had made almost a million dollars in their business before they walked away from, before he walked away from his job. And his wife is still working, right? But the way I break this down is, when should I walk away from my job? Like, what's the number? So the simplest way to do it is, you could say, well, if you can create 10K a month personally, then that 10K a month would replace my income, theoretically. Theoretically. but there are other expenses like benefits medical taxes and all these things so really the way i break it down is the profit first model those of you who have not read or looked into profit first i highly recommend you get that book but i'm gonna break it down so let's just say your business let's just say you've got to replace a 10k a month income well if you've got to replace a 10k a month income and you want to go full time this is the most strategic way to do it we're gonna break down how the Profit First model works. When you do Profit First, you wanna have a total of four accounts. Okay. You wanna have an income account, mm-hmm. and your income is where all of your income from your business flows. Okay. You also wanna create what's called a Profit Account, okay. hence the name Profit First. And these percentages can change, but if you're starting out, it's not gonna matter. 20% of all of your revenue go straight into profit regardless. Okay. So if your business made $10,000, what's 20% of 10,000? $2, $2,000. 2,000.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So 2,000 is going into our profit account. Okay. Right out of gate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now what we're going to cuz profit is a habit. We made profit a habit. Now we're going to take another 50% of that $10,000. Okay and we're gonna put that towards operating cost.
0: Okay, got it, that's the third account.
1: That's the, that's the third account. Okay. So our operating costs are gonna take care of payroll, marketing, admin, whatever that you need to operate the business. So we're at 70% right now, mm-hmm. right? Now that leaves us with 30%. Now, we're gonna take 15% and there's this thing called the IRS. Have you heard of the IRS? <laughs> <laughs> You heard of them? Yeah. They want their money. (laughs) So we're gonna put about fifteen percent, which is what? How much in this example? Fifteen
0: hundred. Fifteen of ten thousand is
1: fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred goes inside of our tax account. Okay. And then we take the remaining fifteen hundred dollars, fifteen percent, and we pay ourselves in our personal account.
0: Okay, so that's five.
1: The, the this, but it would be five, but the person the, the the fifth is your real personal account. Got so it. you're paying your personal account mm-hmm. that fifteen percent. So
0: the business has four right. accounts and I still am a person so I have my one account. You
1: have your one account. Mm-hmm. So you pay yourself that fifteen hundred. Okay. And you can do this the simpler way to do it is on the first and the fifteenth. So you, you add up all the deposits that you had between the 1st and the 15th, and you do these percentages, and then you add up all your p- deposits in, from the 16th to the end of the month, and you do it that way. Now the question becomes, well, Kenny, I can't live off of 1,500 bucks. Right. Again. I don't want to keep using a ski mask example, but since we started this, guess what you got to do? Put your ski mask, your ski mask on and you need to get some more deals, get some more bags flowing okay. until the 15% you are paying yourself is enough to meet or exceed your expenses. Because now you walk into a financial situation that's totally different. Because again, you, if you keep doing this, you're going to walk into cushion taxes, operating expenses, and now you can start to forecast and think about hiring somebody versus hustle, 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 and start to disrespect yourself for deals and people you have no business doing business with.
0: Yeah. Right? You said that F word. People don't understand. Like a lot of times when I say that,
1: forecast
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) corporate professionals might be like what i can forecast my income because a lot of times the thought is i have to get rid of my value of stability or my value of security in order to be an entrepreneur but what you just built into this profit, by, by using the profit first model, you can go into entre- entrepreneurship and maintain your level of security.
1: Absolutely. And, and what you do is not only do you maintain your level of security and stability, you increase it. Mm. Because you got, now the thing, i won't to make this again, we're talking like strategy, practical strategy, mm-hmm. but I mean, again, when you start really getting to the bag and you start making money, and I'm gonna look at you guys directly When you follow the IRS tax system, you actually pay less tax. I'm going to repeat that. When you follow the rules of the IRS, you pay less tax. So what I am saying to you, Mr. and Mrs. Business Owner, future business owner, future first generation millionaire, future CEO of your last name, is that by simply following the rules of how the IRS is classified and is used, you don't have to pay that much in tax. So although you put put aside, let's just say your business makes a $100,000 in a year mm-hmm. and 15,000 of the $100,000 went away for taxes. You might pay $15,000 in taxes or you might not pay mm. $15,000 in taxes. And then why am I saying this? There are so many deductions, deductions and entity selections and investment vehicles that you can reappropriate as a business owner mm-hmm. and not pay tax because you pay tax on net profit. Mm-hmm. And depend upon how you show that net profit has a lot to do with the amount that you give to the IRS. But the thing about the IRS system is that it favors entrepreneurs, it favors business owners, and it favors favors investors. Mm. So you now start to go back to the basis of the wealth triangle, and you have the wealth triangle set where you're, you get your high income skill set, You've got your scalable business, which is an actual business entity. We're talking an LLC, we're talking a corporation. Now you have maybe an S corporation election, those kind of things. And then I'm taking a portion of these monies and I'm putting into high return assets. We're talking real estate, we're talking IRAs, we're talking all these type of things. So now I'm really deferring tax or eliminating tax or reducing the amount of tax that I pay. Wow. So you really increase your net worth at the same time doing it this way.
0: And increase your stability. Yo, I understand if you need to listen to this and pause it real quick where we are and take a note, that this might be an actionable step right now for somebody to turn off the podcast and yep. take action. So I understand 100% do what you got to do. But I think that uh, there's someone who's saying, you know, how to steal right? What, what, how, right?
1: What, are you, what are you talking about? You <laughs> just told me straight up. My CPA is saying... Forget the IRS. And I'm telling you, you should love the IRS. And the reason why I'm saying this is because when you understand how money works and you understand this system and you get entrepreneurship and you want to walk away from your job, you really realize as an employee, you are in the highest tax class. So the way you earn your income by definition is gonna slap you around. You got federal tax, you got state tax, you got this FICA thing, you got this, uh, all these other little taxes, then not to mention sales tax, gas tax. So at the end of the day, your dollar is really taxed at about 60% as an employee. Mm. But when you become a business owner, when you start to follow this system you can really start to reduce that tax down to 37 percent, yeah. down to 25 percent, down to 15 percent.
0: yeah when we get into the numbers and i don't like i don't this is how my mind works but when we get into the numbers and we think about practically there's someone who's like i cannot wait until my my um my profit account or my personal account from 50 goes from 15 to 10 10 k but i also think about the calculation where you say if a person who's living their life right now is only taking home, they're living off of forty percent of their income right now. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like they're probably not living off of the hundred and fifty K that they make right now as they as they think they are. Probably not. So there's a mind shift that needs to happen to understand like the offset of or the value that we place in our nine to five. Right. And how much you really do live off that one hundred and fifty K versus how much do you really need to live your life. That's a good to point. transition.
1: That's a good point. And that goes back into on a personal level because I want to make sure we're clear, guys, that don't leave your job until the 15 percent you're able to pay your business can meet or exceed your expenses. I'm going to break this down right now on the personal side. So I want to make sure you guys got this so that what we're clear, you have four business accounts, income account, profit account, operating account, tax account, 20 percent off gate goes to profit That's a savings. And you can use that savings to reinvest back into the business. 50% goes towards operating expenses to take care of the day to day in the business. 15% is gonna go to tax because you still gotta pay a little bit of tax. But 15% is way better than the tax you're paying right now, ain't it? And then you got 15% you pay yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Now let's break down the 15% you pay yourself and we're gonna get into personal finance real quick if that's okay. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I call this the three bucket approach. And it's really, really simple. Budgeting, I don't know if you realize this, doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. What works? Because you're going to do the budget and then you're going to start looking around and then you're going to pull the money out the savings account, make a quick little transfer, look around, buy them shoes, do this, do that, because you got the money, but you ain't really had the money because you was following your budget, but your He's budget was too lying. tight. You're like, well, I was trying to do the budget, but now I'm out of that budget. Right. Right? You ain't got to, I, I know, I've been doing it 15 years. I know how I go. Right. That's what you're doing right now. You're using your savings as a put and take account. Right? And take. So, what we have to do is create what I call a three bucket approach and project, just like we project in business, a cash flow strategy. Mm-hmm. Now, the three bucket approach works this way you have your past commitments, you have your present choices, and you have your future needs, wants, and desires.
0: Past commitments, future choices,
1: and present. Cho- past commitments, mm-hmm. present choices, mm-hmm. future needs, and commitments. Got it. So I'll give an example. You said something just now about we may be living off of 40% and that 40% may be our past commitments. Mm. Keeping this really simple, this means this is the absolute bare minimum. I got to keep the lights on overhead in this ain't including food. This is making sure rent, mortgage is paid, car payments is paid, minimum credit card payments is paid, utilities, all those things to keep me a flow. I've already agreed to make these commitments in the past, and this also helps you from a standpoint of making sure you maintain good credit. Because if you, in your past commit, in your past commitments bucket, make sure the car is paid, the mortgage is paid, the minimum credit card payments is paid that's going to ensure that you don't at least mess up your credit from a late payment perspective. Okay. Right? So, we have to identify that number. So, let's go back to the 10k per month. So, let's just assume that $5,000, which is a very lofty assumption. I mean, not lofty, but it's a re- really good um lifestyle. 5,000 or 50% of the 10 mm-hmm. that you receive net is going to get going to fix expenses. Let's just say you have a family, you've got kids, you got all that stuff. So all of that stuff goes towards that. Now, in this example, we still have $5,000 left. Yeah. So, what do we do with this? Well, typically what happens is the wills fall off in the present choices meaning we're shopping, we're going out to eat, we're buying shoes, we're buying clothes, we're going on trips, we're, stunning for, we're living vicariously through the gram as if we got it when we ain't really got it, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what we're doing straight up. Mm-hmm. And either A, we have no money going towards our future bucket, which our future bucket is 401k, IRA, savings account, all those things, and now in my present, I'm blowing my money. But let's just say you're a good person, you're not blowing your money. I think it's conservative to say, hey, look, I can take in, if I'm making 10K a month net, I can live off 500 bucks a week. I can use that for going out to eat, groceries, you know, maybe get my nails done, whatever the case is. You know what? Let's throw in, get your nails done, hair hair done. So let's say $2,000 is for food and going out to eat. And then we give another thousand bucks in this example for all the other miscellaneous stuff that still leaves us 2000. two thousand. Two thousand dollars. Right? And we can use that two thousand dollars for a number of things. We can use that two thousand dollars. I call I'll call it active versus passive investing. Active investing is taking that two racks and investing in guess what? Your skill set. Taking that two thousand dollars and investing in something that's gonna help you make more money. Taking that two thousand dollars and here's here's the thing: Christmas is happening. Is it happening at the same time this year? (laughs) Yep. It's not going to change, is it? Mm -mm. What about Thanksgiving Same. and the birthdays and all the other trips? We know now, guess what else is going to happen? I'm not wishing a flat tire on you or a broke water heater or life, but life's going to happen. So it's probably appropriate that we put money away for life because when life comes a knocking, it's going to be inconvenient You're not going to want to take care of it. And now, instead of it turning to a financial strain Mm -hmm. because you focused on building up your reserves. So let's just say you don't do anything else. You just focus on getting two grand a month for 12 months consecutively. Now you got $24,000 just chilling. And then when the good old life happens, it turns into an inconvenience, excuse me, instead of it being a financial devastation. So now a a flat tire, a broke water heater, you know, mama, cousin, brother, sister, whoever needs the money, whatever the case is, happens and you just stroke the check and it doesn't throw off your plan. And that's how you wanna manage your money on the three bucket approach personally. Does that make sense?
0: That makes a lot of sense. I'm definitely gonna have to replay this and take note. The best way to support the Work and Play podcast is by subscribing to the YouTube channel and by going to your favorite podcast player to subscribe and rate the Work and Play podcast. That's all you have to do. So if you are liking the Work and Play podcast, the content, the stories that we're sharing, and you know that this will help someone, go ahead and share the content to someone who could actually use it and help them on their journey to transition from corporate into entrepreneurship. Now let's get back into the episode uh but it it makes a lot of sense as you speak about it and and when you live your life in that systematic type way like you said, it turns something that could be a crisis for some people mm-hmm. into just, like you said, an inconvenience.
1: It's just an inconvenience. Whatever, it's yeah. not a big deal. You got the money.
0: Yeah. Now back into your story. Before we started the episode, you were saying like, I never had a job in my life, right? Nah. And uh, I got we got. Well, a- I have.
1: I had. I've had a job, but I got fired from all of them.
0: <laughs> even <laughs> even, yeah. but even more interesting, right? Right. And and you you know you we have to get into that part of your story because um one there are people who may not feel like oh that's possible or that's impossible and so i think that hearing your mindset and how you actually like lived your own career it's helpful for people to understand like okay so what's possible for me like what's the mindset that i need to shape in order to do this
1: so the first thing i highly recommend i'm gonna recommend books hmm. the first thing i recommend is personal development and it's daily, you know. I'm, I'm assuming you brushed your teeth this morning. You got, you took a shower. You did all those things. It's like a daily thing. On the journey of entrepreneurship, you've got to feed your mind every single day. So instead of feeding it with music, you want to redirect that and start feeding your 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 mindset with what's possible. So there's a book I'm going to recommend. The first one is going to be called um, um, was a couple of them, right? Um, the first one is is uh it's not called the morning meetup that's actually a podcast. The miracle morning. <laughs> miracle morning. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still miracle morning. I cannot. Are you? Are I you, love you re-
0: the miracle. L L and Crown, I think. Yep. Sorry. Miracle I morning. That
1: name up. Right. You you want to get that book? Another book I'm gonna recommend is called The Compound Effect. Mm. So the compound effect is very similar to the Miracle Morning, but that book literally changed my life. Mm. I was aware of the Compound Effect because of uh, prepaid legal but that's going to be another thing that i recommend because i'm only saying this to say that what i what i've done is i've always been a reader i've always listened or read books and it helped me from a mindset perspective realize that when i don't feel like doing the activities yeah. i made a commitment to the activities, so i'm still going to do the activities whether i feel like it or not yeah. so that was very very helpful so you know along my journey when i first you know, my, my first job I got in high school and it was at this company called Advanced Auto Parts. And at the time I was cutting grass and I was making two to 400 bucks a weekend just cutting grass. And then I went and got this job the, the traditional way and I worked all this week and I got a check for $300, I'm like, man, I'm out of this. Like, so I kind of like, when I went to a and T, I I quit that, I never went back. Mm-hmm. And that was my first job. Now at A&T, I didn't really have a hustle like i did in north carolina which was cutting grass and washing cars so i had to figure something out so i ended up getting another job at this company called express um and i had that job for a few months and then i kind of like was like man you know what i'm kind of out of this so i got that job and then i learned about something called cutco and then
0: that's it like vector
1: when I was vector there. it was vector cutco <laughs> right and he said $15 an hour and I was like man 15 bucks an hour back at the you know um years ago that was a lot of money so it was saying either $15 an hour or if you or commission so I started selling knives and I was making some pretty decent money doing that, right? But I kind of got out of that and then I learned I got into the whole financial services thing and I was like, this is it. Mm. And then that's kind of like how I, you know, did my thing. And then when I did graduate from ANC, I didn't initially have to get a job. And, um, but in order for me to move back to North Carolina, I had built up, I mean, North Carolina, Charlotte, I had built up most of my client base in Greensboro. So I did temporarily get a job at Wells Fargo um, retirement. And I'm glad I got that job because it helped me understand 401Ks and retirements and all this. But I was there for four months and I quit, Mm. right? And I quit after I bought a brand new car. And I had just bought a brand new car. I even used a pay stubs to get approved for the car. And I quit, but it was like I can't do this. And then that's when I went full-fledged into, um, and I was still doing my like insurance stuff on the side and my prepaid legal stuff okay. on the side. But that's when I went full-fledged into um, financial services entrepreneurship. Okay. And at that point, you know, I just I joined a company in Charlotte. It was like one of those things where you're in business for yourself and not by yourself. And that's when I started this whole entrepreneurial like full-time journey making commissions.
0: And i'm listening to your story and i at first I, I gasped because you bought the car right before you quit and someone yeah. could say like oh my god how did he i'm what i was thinking was how did you pay for I the pulled car? Out, i, I like,
1: pulled out the ski mask
0: <laughs> and started hitting the page and i
1: did what i had to do right <laughs> that
0: is the thing that you know it's it might seem fe- you know uh far, far-fetched for somebody right. but if you that's a decision that a lot of people would that would hurt a lot of people Mm -hmm. it would take them into debt it would take them into like a negative credit score no you did exactly what you're telling us to do which is Mm -hmm. put on that ski mask i
1: put on a ski mask man and not only did i just get a not only did i um um just get a car i also got an apartment a few months prior or going you know i had got an apartment a few months later with a business with with a he's now my business partner but we went half on an uptown uh, apartment mm, right so now had i had to like i had to i had to get it in and yeah. i did yeah, yeah. you know i think that first year i think i made like uh 45 grand this was like 2010 and then in 2011 i remember having my first $14,000 month i worked so hard to make that money like i mean so hard and one of the things i noticed about money is when it rains it rains and when it pours it pours but entrepreneurship really is the activities right
0: yeah being consistent in those activities mm-hmm. would you say that that mitigates some of that evidence? it does mm-hmm.
1: it does and that's when i learned you have to keep your highs low and your lows high and i didn't take more advice at the time i didn't realize how much i knew mm. so going into and this is a good story and i'm gonna wrap it up pretty really quickly but going into um 2012 i was like yo i think i closed out the year at like 65 maybe 65,000, 70,000." which that doesn't seem like a lot of money but as a self-employed entrepreneur in 2010 off the back of the 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 whole financial crisis and not having any leads or anything that's pretty good in my opinion
0: absolutely
1: right so but i had so going into 2012 i'm like yo i want to make six figures right that was my goal and i stopped doing the daily activities that got me the money to focus on one deal that was going to make me uh, well, collectively, it was one of one of the deals going to make me a hundred thousand dollars, and another deal is going to make me like forty thousand dollars. So these two deals were going to make me over a hundred and forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And I had a chip on my shoulder because it was like uh, they were showing favoritism in the firm and giving other people accounts. I'm like, you know, I'm coming for that guy. Y'all giving them all these accounts, you ain't giving me nothing. I'm coming for him. Well, I'm going to wrap this story up pretty good. Um, I put all I put I went all into this deal stop doing the daily activities leverage my credit leverage my cash cut other people's money leverage their money and the deal didn't go through mm. and i could not afford my half of the rent in august going into september when we were moving out the apartment my roommate had to cover the rent and he was tight about that mm. and he was moving and my car had went out for repossession and it got so bad. I had to move back in with my parents because the deal did not go through. I'm I'm leveraged to the hilt. And I remember hitting rock bottom. This is like 2012. I'm, I'm 25, turning 26. started new everything. And I realized and this is a key moment for every entrepreneur listening to me that in this rock bottom state, I had to get a job, and my my buddy had let me use his car because mine was out for repossession, so he was driving my car because I knew they wouldn't go go to his house. So at this rock right bottom state, I just decided, it's like, man, I gotta get a job, right? I gotta get a job. Now, I went back and I, I got a couple of deals that I had in the pipeline closed just to kind of keep me afloat between like October and December, and one of the people I owe money to called me, and I pick up the phone by saying, I ain't got it, like, cause I'm thinking she calling me about the money. I'm like, look, I ain't got it, you know, I'm good for it. But she's like, no, 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 I'm not calling you about the money. I'm calling to tell you about this opportunity in Atlanta. It's a sales opportunity. I think you would be great at it, Kenny, based off what what I know. You don't have to do anything um, regarding like prospecting. They give you leads. All you got to do is sell. I said, really? And she made the connection to the to the um, to the guy who ended up being becoming a, a later business partner, and. I decided to to, to make it happen. Now that happened while at the same time, I was creating another firm with three other partners and they were saying, hey, look, with this firm that we're creating, if you're leaving the previous firm, which I was still with, you can take that book of business and then I can guarantee you maybe like 1500 bucks a month. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not really sure if I wanna do that, I'm gonna take the job in Atlanta. So I take my car, that's out for repossession by the way, all of my clothes and an ironing board, that's all I had. I fit it in my Mustang and I drive to Atlanta and I get the job. And I get the job January 19th, I interview all this stuff, I moved to Atlanta and I moved to Buckhead. Now mind you, I moved to this place, um, at the time the rent seems, this seemed so small now, looking back at it, but the rent was like 1100 bucks. Okay. And I had four, I had the, the accounts that I was telling you about, I was doing that back then, I just wasn't doing the percentages. Okay. I had four business checking accounts. Now, I had just enough money to pay for my security deposit because my credit was messed up at this point, and pay for the prorated fee for the month, but I started on January 19th. You know this, when you start a job, you got three weeks in a hole, you won't get your first paycheck It's at right. three weeks. Right. Rent was due in 11 days. So what I had to do was, I had to overdraw my bank accounts. Oh. I, over, I was with PNC at the time, and PNC would let you take the cash out, I overdraw all my bank accounts mm-hmm. to make my first month's rent, and I am below broke. I'm not even, I'm past broke. All of my checking accounts are negative. But I had a sales job. And at that point, you, you got paid 15 bucks an hour or commission, I got one base check, and then every other check from that was straight commission. And then I dug myself out of that financial hole and ended up making um close to ninety thousand dollars that for 2013 and the majority of it was just getting myself out of that hole and while i'm in this apartment instead of buying a bed and a couch and all this stuff first i bought a desk so i can keep doing my side hustle while i'm still working at this job Mm -hmm. a sales job and then eventually i bought a couch and then I bought a bed and then I got myself out of the hole and then I was able to get my car from not being repossessed and pay everybody back and that's when I really, really started back with this whole entrepreneurship deal because in September of that year, I had already planned to walk away from that job. Now, in September of that month or this year, I was also the number one salesperson at the company and when i was planning to put in my two weeks notice because i told them it was my birthday coming up they sat me down and said well kenny we're letting you go Mm. i said well i appreciate you (laughs) because i was already gonna leave Mm -hmm. and at that point i went on to start my insurance brokerage here in atlanta in 2014 to 2015 i was out here doing what i had to do beating the pavement making it happen i started doing marketing and i was still doing my financial services up on the side but the point of this story was from 2015 to 2016 that's when i made my first six figures and along this journey i kept doing personal development and tracking my finances and also along this journey because i did mess up my credit i realized that i needed to start the journey of improving my credit because i had made six figures i was only insurance licensed i did not have my investment license in order to take my business and create my ira my r a firm i had to have my series 65. i didn't have it yet Mm -hmm. so guess what i had to do i had to fix my credit and guess what there were investment insurance companies that would not do business with me because my credit was messed up so that's when i started the journey um in 2015 um, I think it was 2014 going into 2015, no, 2015 going into 2016 of uh, fixing my credit.
0: I'm going through an emotional roller coaster right now, but you are pushing through, mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm listening to your story, and I'm hearing all of the different opportunities come for you in a way that sometimes you can't you cannot plan for a woman to call you and offer you a job when no. you're in your lowest of your of, of lows, but. I'm glad she did. You know what I'm saying? Me too. But then also for you to push through, you know, you have this mindset where you're moving forward. Uh, the, some people get caught up in the credit score being low or the, the bank account being overdrawn. What were the feelings, even if you didn't wallow in it?
1: I accept the full responsibility and I, um, I think that's what you have to do is like, you just have to own it. Like you just have to say, Hey, look, man, I accept full responsibility for this. It is what it is. I can sit here and cry about it or I can make it happen. Yeah. Right? So, you know, and I just, I just decided that that wasn't going to be my re- that I decided that my current circumstances wasn't going to be my future reality. Yeah. I just decided, and then I just made it happen. Um, and. Again, I just, I just believed in myself. And again, yeah, it was some risk, but, when I, it, but it goes back to the very essence of the high-income skill set. Like, I am literally paying myself out, I mean, getting myself out of this hole by selling. Yeah. Doing something that I had to do. My back was against the wall. And then started to recruit people under me when I eventually left that job. So I'm doing, you know, we're doing 30, 40 policies a week. You know, so that you know little five ten k turned into ten twenty k because I'm getting overrides and stuff, and like it just it just again compounded right yeah. um i know we're we're coming up um coming I, I can keep going on in this yeah
0: no I'm curious why'd you get fired at the height like when you were a number one sell, uh, seller so
1: I think I got fired at that job if I'm being honest um um I think I got fired because like. The the, the the manage I was I was the, I was making the management uncomfortable
0: got it it was politics
1: yeah I was making it and, and even my manager specifically because what it started happening was is that the reps started coming to me and asking me about what well, Kenny how did you close this deal and I started sharing my calls like this is a person that I closed like listen to this call listen to this call listen to this call and then in the meetings the manager was given terrible advice and He didn't go to bat. Now I will say I got to accept responsibility for this, and it it happened. But it was this one lady who was like giving me all of this flack, and you know I kind of you know was like, hey, look, listen, lady, there's nothing I can do. Go make some more money. Click. Like I can't. I can't change the price but Mm -hmm. she was rude Mm -hmm. so i was kind of so they leveraged that
0: got you they
1: leveraged that
0: that moment of like (laughs) yeah less than perfect they
1: leveraged that and said hey look we can't have this type of behavior but it was really the under underlying fact that hey look yes you were the number one salesperson but you weren't fitting our culture yeah, yeah. we didn't like the culture that you were creating and how you were usurping some of the management and basically making us look bad so we got to let you go yeah right yeah, we're yeah. we're okay with a, a seventy percent because I even. Me being me created like a a thousand dollar per day blueprint in their model.
0: Come on. I did. And they, you were getting ready to say, I will take a seventy a seventy percenter.
1: You're right. i was <laughs> like, this is how you make a thousand dollars a day doing this. And I never made a thousand dollars a day officially, but I got close to having like a five hundred bucks day, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I understand it. I I'm glad you mentioned it because regardless of whether you stayed employed for a long time, you touched on a lot of things that employees experience all the time for years. Right? For seven years, they might be dealing with someone who like, you're usurping. I'm,
1: I'm good. I know. Like, whatever, I know. Like
0: and and so honestly and truly, I think that your story is amazing. And like I told you, me because I'm feeling your story, I'm like, oh my god, I'm holding on for dear life. But you're you're pushing through, and I think mm-hmm. that's why you're where you are today. I think there's only one other question that like i'm curious about and in this space like as you're starting to share your personal life a little bit more and obviously my my number one coach um who helped me the first coach who helped me into entrepreneurship is donnie right mm-hmm. as you're going through all this and i'm curious as a woman right as mm-hmm. you're going through this what are you thinking about your personal life and how did you find space or time to build a connection with a yes. woman where we are where we are today
1: That's a whole nother podcast, to be honest with you, but um, like I didn't meet Donnie until I was, when I met Donnie, um, I was making a hundred grand a month, right? So I was already like at a different place.
0: So you weren't grinding? Yeah, like when I
1: met Donnie, I was like low-key kind of giving her some tips and stuff that she should do to kind of get her good away from it. She was really sharp at the time as well, but she had a lot going on and. And I just gave her some, some suggestions at the time. Let her tell it. She was just flattering me, but, <laughs> but whatever. Right, whatever well, because kind of, the thing
0: is, we know what we know sometimes, but then it's like, if you're not doing the thing that you know, then you might right. as well just not even know.
1: And, the, and, the, and that's so powerful because it's a quote that I live by. To know and not to do is not to know. Let your results prove your knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I think what happened, and then it was, was so and this, this literally is a podcast itself. So literally with, with, uh, with uh, Donnie, we we actually met through chance, and um at the time i really didn't have like that much of a, a a personal life i mean i did but i didn't like i just was work 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 because you know my previous relationship you know had ended and that ended and i told that previous relationship these are the things i'm going to do and at the time that person did not really understand or see the vision because they were comfortable making their six figures i'm like yo if we get six figures six figures is not a lot of money and, and i'm not, i say that humbly guys by the way mm-hmm. um but but when i realized that i was making 10 20 grand a month and i still had all these other things i wanted to accomplish i realized that hey look there's another level and i got i did eventually get burnt out doing it that way i got burnt out trapping insurance and, and doing it that way so i was like it's got to be a better way so at that point in 2016, going into 2017, that's when I really started with my money. It was KennyCombo.com at the time. But I really started with that and I put out all the information that I knew, all the courses that I invested in. And I told my buddy, one of my best friends, G at the time, I was like, hey, look bro, this is what you need to do with your business. And he did it. Mm. And he created a multi-million-dollar business. And I remember calling him, he had made like forty, fifty thousand dollars. This is like in 2016. Like I'm out in the, I'm out in the hood. He's like, yeah, I made forty grand today. I said, forty thousand dollars. I'm out here trying to trap a policy for for like five hundred bucks. Why am I doing this? And you
0: gave him advice.
1: I gave him the advice. So at that point, I was like, yo, like I gotta put my money. I gotta put my um money where my mouth is. My back was against the wall, so I did that. And that's when I went in and I created KennyConwell.com and my digital program and i haven't looked back since in that year going into 2018 you know i think i had made over 200 closer a quarter million dollars that year between 200 and 250 i don't remember the numbers exactly and that's when i went all in on the digital side and then at the same time kept doing all the principles but again it went back to the fact that i just decided that i was going to make this happen and i was going to go in this new direction because I'm over here seeing buddies taking my advice and I'm not taking my own advice and I just had to take my own advice because I was trying to infuse all the things that I learned to attract recruits and insurance and all that stuff, but I just said, hey, look, I gotta go digital. And then when I made that decision that year, um, I did in 2018, end up letting people know that, hey, look, I could do financial services. And I remember having my first 80K month and it was off of one deal, right? But that deal came from All the other activities that i was doing and then in 2018 i did 550 man and then i didn't look back man 2019 i think we did close to 900 to a million 2021 1.4 2022 close to three like i I just kept it just kept getting bigger and bigger right Mm -hmm. and but it all started with that decision right um so anyways you never
0: lose track of the activities you always you always come back to the activity.
1: Always. But I, I went off on a tangent because and, and, you brought something up about my, my significant other in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And it, it started when I was in that 2019 phase doing, I think I did do a million, I did that 2018 going to 2019, going into a million dollar year. And I told her straight up, I, I could, we need to go find a text message. Hey, look, if you're not talking about spirituality, working out this, I ain't got time. Like, I don't know what, what cause we had, we had linked up for a little, we, we spoke on the phone, cause Sham was trying to link us up, cause I knew what it took, right? I knew what it took. And I was like, man, like I ain't trying to do this, like straight up. Um, I wish I could find a text message. She's like, well, I don't know who you think you are talking to. What makes you, I just said you were cute. I didn't say I wanted to be with you. And that's kinda like how we started our relationship off. Like, hey, look, I'm not, I ain't about to BS right so we can try to make this happen but and then we kind of like it just kind of just evolved from there right um that's
0: important i think that that's exactly what in terms of the work and play podcast um and as a woman and as i am on my journey to build the life that i want as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. to hear what i'm hearing is what i'm hearing is because you had gone through your grind years, right, you were in a space where you, you knew what, how to communicate even what exactly you wanted to be in your life. Mm-hmm. And then there's a woman, I understand, uh, for men it's not who, it's when, and for women it's not when, it's who. Mm. And so you went through your grind years, you knew what like what you wanted to pour into your life and what you wanted to like plant seeds, and you communicated that, right? So you were at a point where you were ready to bring that in and even still it had its like relationships yeah. ups, ups and downs and I'm sure that that's, that's the whole podcast mm-hmm. but I think that the takeaway is for you 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 focused on the business first and then the relationship came second. I think for women we, we probably do a lot of things mm-hmm. we try to do it all. I know I do um, and it, even in my comments they're like we gotta do it all uh, but I think that for the, the takeaway is that like it came a point where even as a woman, there was a man who helped us even get clear in in what the business. And I'm saying us because you're a representation of a man who, right, who could be um, on his grind and we are living our work and play life, and then we build something that we're we're um, proud of together. Right. I think that the takeaway is that for a man, he might focus on the grind, yeah, and a woman is bringing in a little bit more of we would have to listen to both
1: podcasts to. Be yeah to we, we probably books. would and, and but you're, you're right mm. and, and it's and it's interesting about this and all my fellas that is uh listening to this i highly recommend you listen to a book in women um called the superior man it's a very very that book? oh you do? I do it's a very interesting book it's it's really powerful and it's is actually very true about masculine and feminine energy i mean the thing is is as a masculine male i still do have feminine sides and feminine energy. And as a feminine female, you still do have masculine sides and stuff, but it's the polarity. But that being said, as a man, you know, especially like a chosen man that, that that's, you know, does these things, it's like not easy. So you've got to be able to stay focused and steadfast on what you're trying to do and hitting your purpose. Your purpose is your number one calling it's not your relationship right and that's a tough pill to swallow and it's tough for some women to get that but they will indirectly secretly resent you if you put them higher than your purpose yeah Right?
0: Exactly,
1: yes. So you gotta you got realize, fellas, that your purpose is the number one thing, and if you don't know your purpose, don't get involved with a woman, mm. because now you're going to be leading her because she's going to follow you, and that's not fair or cool to do that. So get your stuff together first, and then go and try to get the woman, right? And if you are gonna do what you're gonna do physically, it's a two-way street, don't manipulate the woman into making her seem like she, you, you want to do this, when in fact you just want to do the, the activity. Hey look, she's a woman, hey look, just be your friend, hey look, I, this is where I'm at, this is what I'm looking to do, let her set the stage, and now she's, now she got a decision to make. Either she's going to be like, yeah, I want to deal with that, or no, I don't want to deal with that. But even from a deeper level, you still shouldn't even set that stage, because it's still, you're the leader, right, and she's only going to follow you. What women do is, I, I made this video about this, and it's very similar with women all money does is amplify all credit does is amplify and what you give a woman she incubates and amplifies which means if you give her chaos she's going to cuss you out if you give her sperm she's going to give you a baby if you give her a house she's going to give you a home so if you're unclear and you are chaotic in your mess when you latch that onto a woman she's going to amplify and return back to you what you give her So you've gotta be at a place where you are solid on what you're looking to do before you get entangled physically, because you're, you're, and I said this before, there's a difference between your emotions, your feelings, and your physical desires, and I'm talking to men. Your emotions will have you making bad decisions and doing all kinds of stuff that you have no business doing. You're gonna get emotionally hijacked. Your feelings, your actual feelings are your intuitive self that is connected to your higher power that's infinite. And when you get that feeling here, oh, man, I, I, I should have listened to myself. I felt this. I felt that. That's really God trying to communicate with you. But if you're not doing the daily discipline of study and prayer and all this, when that feeling and that voice speaks to you because you're so emotionally hijacked, you can't hear it. Mm. Then your desires, fellas, because that's what you're doing, your physical desires, you're thinking with that head not this head, you're leading this woman with the physical desire. So you might physically want her not be, and knowing your feelings is saying, I got a bad feeling about her, but my emotions and my, my, my desires is mo- making me want to move forward. But then you ignore what god told you to do now you're doing something and you're perpetuating a cycle that should be ended and it stops it starts and stops with your self-discipline now a lot of people are going to challenge me on this and they're not going to want to hear this but another thing that you have to understand how to do is redirect your sexual energy mm-hmm. fellas you've got to redirect that energy that you want to release and redirect it into your creative energy your creative self so that means not going out here and doing those activities and redirecting that towards your purpose. And then latching on and letting a woman who should receive your seed, receive the seed and help you amplify that. Otherwise, you're going to continue to attract the same exact thing that you are. You don't get what you want, you attract what you are. So I said a whole bunch there, but really the point is, understand where you are and if you're a man of purpose, which you are, if you're listening to this, Realize that before you get emotionally entangled with an individual, are you ready? And you're not gonna find the perfect partner and that individual is gonna bring out sides of your personality, which that's another book, Spiritual Partnerships, I highly recommend you listen to it. Love it. um, That you're not gonna be aware of and now you gotta understand, am I at a place where I can deal with this or do I wanna focus on my career? Do I wanna focus on, do I wanna be selfish, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's how I end this. It's okay to be selfish. It's okay to be to yourself. It's okay to take some time and do some things and build into yourself so that way you have clarity as a man or woman. So that way, when you do enter into that union, you have done the work necessary so that way in that side of your journey that you're able to take it to the next level.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect way to close it out. Perfect way to close it out. I could not have asked you any better questions and you could not have gone off into any other tangents better than that. I think that... um, even though it might seem well, hopefully you guys know at this point, I get into relationships, I get into business, I get into the, the finance of it all. Um and so hopefully you guys can understand that as you're building your life of work and play as an entrepreneur, as a woman or a man, specifically as a woman, because I think that you just kinda spoken to me in a way where um, you know, the life that I'm creating I can actually focus on myself for a little while. Yes, you know what I mean? It's okay. That's actually really uh, freeing. So the last thing I'm gonna say is for, and and you can speak about this uh, financially as like financial advice or as life advice, but for someone who is making their journey, they're making that transition from one financial foundation to another financial foundation, and the reason I frame it that way is because you're wealth management, but what would you say to that person who is on their journey to make that transition, Um, and they need to figure out like how to make their next step?
1: Go back and listen to what I talked about regarding the high income skill set, what we talked about. Mm Really follow the profit first model and then really apply the three bucket approach model because that's, I mean, that is the blueprint. So if you follow that, you'll, you'll be at a good place to be able to be successful. Um, I would
0: even wrap that up from a a life experience. He, one thing that he said that I picked up is believing in yourself. And I know it sounds really um, weird, but you said that personally, I think professionally you guys Mm -hmm. got the three bucket system. So you got everything you need. If you have any other questions, if something that Kenny said to you reached you and you are like i want to continue following this man i want to support kenny how can they connect with you
1: you guys can connect with me on instagram at kenny conwell that's k-e-n-n-e-y c-o-n-w-e-l-l on instagram um also mr money savvy on facebook and um I, i drop not a lot of content but i have a lot of content on my page so feel free to uh connect with me there and um, i'm happy to serve you i would tell you that you can text me but i don't know what my text number my, my, my number is
0: <laughs> okay well everything is going to be in the description below so all that information whatever you need to do to connect is going to be available to you do what you got do what you have to do this was a special episode honestly so much information and a lot of notes that i'm going to have to go back and take as well so until next time do what you need to do to follow your purpose peace out peace out